We have been in this series, Meant for Good, any of those that are visiting today. Uh, we have been in this series about the life of Joseph. And uh, we started with the end of Joseph's life when his brothers finally came before him. And, and they were worried that he was going, now that their father was dead, that he was going to take revenge on them. And instead, uh, he says that famous verse, that you meant it for evil. Yes. But God meant it for good. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And that's the series we're in. And so we're looking today at the fourth in the series. And so there is a website, by the way. If you're missing any of these, you can go on the website. And they're all there. Pastor Mike, that's another half of Pastor Mike Blair's webmaster. And so he takes care of that and puts that all up for everyone. And it's there. We have a YouTube section that you can find. You can go back, I don't know how far on YouTube, and find uh, some of the messages. So, we've been on this journey together with Joseph, and we talked about the real hero of this biblical story, though we do look at Joseph as a biblical hero. The real hero, actually, through the whole book of Genesis, is not so much men and women, it is God. God is our hero of faith. God is the faithful one, as we sang. And so, here's a question for you. This is not a great picture of Pastor Mike and I, but uh, when you're on a mission trip, you don't always look the best. And uh, so this is, a, this is the back seat of a car in Cuba as we were there on a mission trip. And what had happened was, apparently the uh, seminary had a bigger bus, but the bigger bus was used for the Americans that showed up, and us Canadians were given a little small van. Problem was, we couldn't get everybody in the van. So at last minute, we found somebody who had a taxi. That's the taxi, by the way. And six of us, five of us with the driver, piled into this taxi. And I still remember the day, I can remember it like yesterday, when we had to travel over two hours in this vehicle in the back seat and uh, get to our destination. Now, when we got to our destination, it was wonderful. It was great to be with one of our Cuban churches. They fed us well. We had a wonderful service. We had great fellowship. The, the destination was wonderful. Guess what wasn't so wonderful? No. The trip. The Cuban roads were a mess. I've never seen roads so bad. And there were so many pots and potholes and so many bumps. And literally, it's not exaggerating because Mike knows it's true, we were in that back seat and we would go over a bump and we would literally hit our head on the roof of that car. That's how bumpy the roads were and the trip. And so it was great to get to our destination, but the road trip there and the road trip home was not so great. And so as we're in this series called Men for Good and Joseph's Life, Joseph's life was one bumpy life. He had a bumpy problem. And I believe today some of you would say, Pastor, if you only knew my story. <laughs> if we could sit down over a cup of coffee and hear everyone's story, we would begin to realize today that most likely everyone sitting in here, at some point in their life, has faced bumps in the road. We see Joseph was betrayed by his family, sold into slavery, falsely accused, and in prison. And at the beginning of Joseph's life, his dreams are what got him into problems. And today we're going to see, 13 years later, it will be his dreams, the dreams of others, 
that actually will get him out of trouble. And so first of all, we have not seen today uh, and read the scripture, but we're backing up to chapter 40, which is the chapter before what we heard read. And so we see that it starts with two men, two men who have two dreams. And I, I was thinking about what do you do when you need an expert? Well, we're in a problem in our day, aren't we? Because it's very hard to find experts. Okay? They're too busy. And so when you're looking for an answer, when you're looking for an expert, a lot of us go to Dr. Google. Right? Some of us have health... I don't know about your family. You're looking at me like I'm talking crazy. But a lot of people love research. If I have a problem, I'm going to research it. I'm going to find out as much information that I can find. I'm going to research it. Now the problem is you can research it, find and think you have the answer. Guess what happens? New research. New research. And then all of a sudden you realize with the new research that what you thought, that you had settled the issue and the problem, you just found out that you got to start all over again because whatever just happened in the new research totally re <laughs> negates what they've been telling you for the last 10 years. Won't even go into details about that. Well, one of the things we see, even though we live in a world of information overload, back in Joseph's day, of course they didn't have the internet, and they weren't so concerned about research. What they were concerned about was dream search. See, for them, dreams were very, very important. They seen dreams as something divine. And so they were always trying to figure out what did a dream mean. And so they had experts. They were the interpreters of dreams. And the expert would not just talk from the top of their head. They actually had what they called dream books. And so they would get their books and open up their books. And it would take time. You would go to them. I'm sure you had to pay a price. I don't think anyone would do it for free. And you paid a price. And they went in and they researched all the books that have been written about dreams. And they would come back, written out, and answer for you. This is what the theme of your dream means. And this is what was important to the Egyptians. So we see in this moment that Joseph is in prison because he wouldn't offend God. But now he's in prison with two and they're actually under his care because they offended what it seems to be Pharaoh. And so we see these two men with two dreams. And, and, and so they're high-ranking members of the king's court. These are not just some lowlifes here, my friends. These are top officials. And their role was to safeguard Pharaoh from the two ways of poisoning, which would be through the cup or through the food. And so they know that assassination, if anyone has studied history, and especially when I think about even Roman history, the way you got rid of a leader was you did it through poisoning. And so it was part of the common culture that you had a cupbearer and you had a chief baker. What it actually meant were those two individuals were the ones who were supposed to make sure that the pharaoh or the king was not assassinated through poisoning. So these would have to be people that he trusted and who were loyal. Something's gone wrong. <coughs> Because at some point here, we find out that Pharaoh puts these two top officials in the king's prison, and Joseph is there. Here's the problem. Now in prison, there's no interpreter of dreams. There's no expert. And there definitely is no dream book at their access. And they're having these dreams, and they're confused, 
and they're wondering, now what are we going to do? We're Egyptians and we know that this is divine and there's something to this, but we have no one now. There's no expert going to come to prison and there's no dream book here as a reference. That's where Joseph comes in. Joseph doesn't aware of any dream books. He's not concerned about doing any of that. He would not even call himself an expert. But what he does say is, I'm going to rely on God. And he says a statement to them. Do interpretations not belong to God? That's where true interpretations belong. It belongs to God. Not, not to these experts and not to some book that's been written. God will give you the answers that you're looking for. And so Joseph's inter interpretation is inspired by God. It's not exactly what they wanted to hear. Because he says to the cupbearer, well, in a few days, the king is going to restore you to your position. Chief Baker doesn't want to hear what he's going to hear. He says, well, unfortunately, your dream means that in a few days, uh, you're going to be executed. And after executed, you're going to be impaled. And so the birds of the, uh, of, of the air can come and peck at your flesh. Now, is that what you would want to hear when you got up in the morning? Basically, he's saying you better get your house in order. And so we find out as we come through chapter 40 that within the end of that, what, what God has inspired Joseph to say actually comes to pass. And the cupbearer is put back into his position, but the chief baker is executed. But here's the bump in the road again. If you look at verse 23... It's so sad because it says this, yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph and forgot him. See, what he has said to him is he said that if, if I'm here now and, 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 and I'm doing all this for you, when you go back to Pharaoh, tell him about me, will you? That I'm here, I'm innocent, I haven't done anything, I'm in this prison. And so, of course, the cupbearer says, sure, we'll do that for you. Yeah, 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 I'll take care of that. He gets put back into position, and Joseph is the last one that he has on his mind. And here's this other bump in the road. Forgotten. Forgotten. Have you ever felt forgotten? That somebody just forgets you. That you're not even noticeable. That they don't care. You know, there's that reality that can happen to a lot of us. That people make all kinds of promises to us in life. And then they just forget us. We're not even important. And so we can see in this moment that Joseph has been through so much. But here he is again. Faithful. Interpreting God's dreams for these two men. And they just walk away. He walks away. The cupbearer forgets him. Do you realize that it will be two years? Two whole years forgotten that he still sits in prison now before he's remembered. And so as we come into chapter 41, which Pastor David read for us, we realize that Joseph is sitting there patiently waiting for his time, waiting for God to turn it around for good for him. And so all together, since he was a boy, a teenager, and now when he comes to this place where he's finally remembered is 13 years. 13 years. 
See, we, we live in an instant society. We, we live in a way that we want it now. <laughs> I want it yesterday. Come on, Lord, hurry up. Hurry up. We see in the Old Testament, actually in the book of Genesis, where some people just didn't like God's timetable and they thought they would help them out a bit. Don't we do the same? That we don't know what it is to wait upon the Lord patiently? I don't know if I could. Thirteen years. Thirteen years. But throughout Joseph's life, we see him what? Exhibit patience, humility, wisdom, faithfulness, and most importantly, intimacy with God. So we hear now, these two years later, we realize the cupbearer realizes that Pharaoh cannot or does not understand uh, the dreams. He can't find all his wise men, all his experts that their dream walks out. They can't figure it out. And it's in that moment, aha, the cupbearer remembers Joseph back in prison. And because he remembers him back in prison, how he interpreted dreams, he calls him forth, tells Pharaoh, Pharaoh calls him to come and now interpret his dreams. And so we now see Joseph before Pharaoh. And so as he's before Pharaoh, he hears this dream that sounds kind of strange. Seven fat cows and seven lean cows and, and, and seven healthy ears of corn and seven withered ears of corn. And anyone that's into farming anywhere in this community, you know exactly what it's talking about. And the lean cows, though, eat the fat cows. And the withered corn eats the healthy corn. And yet, they're still withered. They're still unhealthy. Nothing changes. And so we realize that Joseph may have been appeared forgotten. But in this moment, God is going to use his man. He has placed him there at the right place with the right people, with the right attitude for the right time of God. There's a word we use that often, and you'll hear people say sweet spot. Sweet spot. See, none of us know the moment when God's going to show up. None of us know that how many years have we waited and prayed for our family to get saved. None of us know when the day will be. There comes a point when everything aligns. We call that the sweet spot. When, like, time stands still. Scripture, I've shared this before with you, but... Uh, you know, there's two words, or in Greek, two words for time, chronos and kairos. And chronos is our 24-7 world that we're just walking along, getting older every day. That's chronos, chronology. But God's time stands outside of chronos, and God's time is called kairos. And their kairos time is when God breaks in in a moment, and it's like time stands and it was Joseph's time. He's in this sweet spot that he has been for such a time as this, as Esther hears from her uncle. That, that there's this moment now where everything is aligning in Joseph's life as he now stands before Pharaoh. And now he's able to step into what God has prepared for him. And the cupbearer who forgot him now recommends him. And Joseph is presented to Pharaoh as a wise man. A man whose skills now exceed all of the wise men of Egypt. And he has great wisdom and eloquent speech and in an insightful plan for the Pharaoh. And this is something all of Egypt would look for in a leader. 
But you know what else he had, which is important? Humility. Humility. How do we know that Joseph was humble? Because they're looking at him and trying to prop him up on a platform. And all along, Joseph keeps saying, no, it's not me. I can't do this. I can't do anything. If you're going to get an interpretation from this dream, Pharaoh, it's going to be God. I'm only God's mouthpiece. I'm only God's instrument. My friends, if you want to see anyone in here that's been used by God, one of their qualities will always be humility. Maybe that's why God chooses the weak. That his power might be manifested because ultimately those people know it's not me. <laughs> I can't do it. It's only God that can do it. And so, you know, we know that we've been told by Peter, haven't we? Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And so Joseph assures Pharaoh that the answer he is seeking, God will provide it for him. And Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dreams but he also treats the dream as a message from God. It's not just God sent his man to interpret Pharaoh's dreams, but God is sending the dream in order to prepare Pharaoh, in order to prepare Egypt, and to make a way for people. And so the seven healthy cows and the seven full ears of corn are seven years of wealth and prosperity. Don't you want to hear that? Amen to that. But... The seven lean cows and the seven withered ears are seven years of famine. Ooh. We wouldn't like to hear that. Feast and famine, or feast or famine. See, Pharaoh's dreams will come into life at some point for every person, my friends. Oh, pastor, thanks a lot. None of us are immune from any of us. We've been dealing with this as we've journeyed these last four weeks with this. That with every hint of prosperity, there will be a leveling action of adversity. There are some that would love to teach you out there that the Word of God says that you will only prosper 24-7 until the Lord comes. I'm sorry to say, my friends, that is not part of this world that we live in. We live in a very fallen and broken world, and it falls on the good and the bad. And so we need to deal again with another issue. Bumpy roadside. Praise God, I'm going to that destination. I can't wait to get there. I'm looking forward to it, but the road there, not so smooth. And so our lives are filled, my friends, with variables, changes, and challenges, and the changes of fortunes, and the ups and downs of life. The pandemic should have taught us that in anything. And life is not one long occasion of good health because sickness from time to time will come knocking at your door. Life is not one victory after another. There will be losses as we've seen the losses in West Prince over these weeks to overcome. And life is not just prosperity. There are some setbacks to endure. Life is not one accomplishment after another. There will be hopes that are dashed. But God is faithful. Amen. 
Say that with me. God is faithful. He remains constant. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we talked about building as we'll sing that closing song. I planted my house, my feet upon the rock. That the storms of life can come. And I'm not going to be moved. I will not be shaken. And so we need to realize that God is that constant. That's why I can't understand how people do it. We said it often. How do you do it without faith? I'd gone long ago if it wasn't for my faith in the Lord. If it wasn't for the fact that God is faithful in life's potholes. And so we see that God not only gives a warning, he also has a plan. And so he gives the plan to Joseph to tell Pharaoh that there's a plan to put into action. That is why God has been preparing him and giving him these dreams. That during those good years, he needs to put one fifth of his plenty away in order to have it for when the famine ends. And that way the country could be spared and the people would be spared. And so we see that Joseph has this emergency preparedness. Have we heard that in recent years? <laughs> the storms. You think we get that figured out yet? That Joseph advises Pharaoh to create a new cabinet level office, director of the Bureau of Land Management. To prepare the nation for what will take place. And he advises him that he must find someone who is discerning, wise. And Pharaoh needed a man who had a plan. Doesn't God need a man with a plan? To create a surplus during the good times in preparation for the bad times. Maybe that's where we fall short, my friends. If I am not, my theology is all that's ever going to happen to me is good, 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 and never a problem. I tend to what? Live for today. We are living in a society that lives for the moment. And when we do that, maybe God is trying to prepare us to say, you don't just live for the moment. That I am blessing you right now. That you might be a blessing in days to come. Remember? Remember the covenant blessing on Abraham? I will what? Bless you. In order for what? That you might be a blessing. Anything you have received, anything that God is doing for you, is something that God wants to be used for the furthering of his kingdom. Oh, my friends, there's a famine out here. There's a spiritual famine. There's a famine for the word of God. Who is going to bring it to them? Who's going to share it? It's because God has blessed us with such abundance that God wants us now to take what we have and share it and use it to bless others. But my friends, we need, as the Church of Jesus Christ, to be very wise in these days. We need to be prepared for difficult times. You better learn how to prepare for them. You better learn how to save for a rainy day. That's a whole other issue. You better learn how to set aside for when the storms hit. And like someone said, most of all, you need to learn how to pray. You need to be prayed up in the good times so that when the difficult times come, you are spiritually strong. And you can face the adversity and remain faithful. See, there's something very powerful about Joseph. And Pharaoh and his instructors... Found it. And they make the statement that he is a man filled with the Spirit of God. 
Joseph. They know that he has the spirit of God in him. And so we're going to see next week that all of a sudden, because of that, Pharaoh chooses him to be the man with the plan. We'll deal with that next week. But I look at that and I ask myself, when I walk around, when people say, there goes a woman filled with the Spirit of God. And now we have the Holy Spirit. Now we are recipients of the Spirit after the day of Pentecost. Now God is not just external, but in internal. I, I can carry Christ with me wherever I go. I can spend time in conversation with God. I have the Holy Spirit. But here's the question. Would those outside the church who have never heard Jesus, would they look at me and say, there's something different about her? That she knows things that other people don't seem to know. She, I've had people say, she's come up to me and asked me how I was and said something to me. But how does she know that? See, that is what God is wanting from us as his people, that we are to be people who are filled, not a little bit to get by. As somebody said, not a total revival. We need to be people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. These chapters that we've seen, we've already talked about some of it already, these chapters of Genesis are already pointing us to the life of Christ. Joseph was faithful to the job that God had given him, and even though it was hard, despite the bumpy road, Joseph understood what God was doing in his life, even though he didn't like it, and he understood that God was in control, and he put his trust in the Father's plan, just like our Lord Jesus understood the Father's plan, and that God was faithful, and he was obedient even unto death, death on the cross. But isn't it interesting about the two criminals? That there is Joseph sitting in prison with two criminals, and our Lord Jesus Christ, when he was being crucified, was being crucified between two criminals. It is now the valley of decision. In Joseph's life, there is he predicts that this person is going to die, right? This criminal, this one criminal is going to live, and this other criminal is going to die physically. But in this moment, when Jesus is on the cross between two criminals, it is now about spiritual life and death. And in one moment, there is the one who sputters curses at him, will experience spiritual death. He'll go from physical death to spiritual death. But there's one who reaches out in a little bit of faith. That when you enter your kingdom, Lord, remember me. And Jesus looks at him and says, today you will be in paradise with me. And he moves from life, even though death, physical death, he moves from life to life. Life eternal. And so sometimes we are found in the valley of decision. All of us have to come to a place where, like all of us, are like criminals. We're actually enemies of God. We're told in God's word. None of us deserve this. All of it is because of God's grace. But we need to reach out in faith. Remember me. Remember me. Both Jesus and Joseph place their situations, face these situations with faithfulness. 
Because God had been faithful to them and they remained faithful. Why is it we are surprised when a pastor gets up and preaches and says, you're going to face some bumps in the road? What is it within us that don't want to hear that? I don't want to hear it. The flesh in us goes against that. We don't, we don't want to hear that. Pastor, don't tell me that life at times is going to be difficult. That's not what I came to church for today. And there's something within us that somehow our theology is wrong. Somehow we haven't fully understood what God's word is trying to say to us. That God is faithful despite what you're going through. And God can help you to remain faithful and true no matter what you're going through. As we looked at last week, no matter what, he will be with us. We will never be alone. You see, what's interesting is God's look for success is not the world's vision of success. God looks for faithfulness. And see, faithfulness for Joseph was found in the pit, was found as a slave, was found in prison, and will later be found in Pharaoh's house. Didn't matter where Joseph was. What mattered was he was faithful. That's what God looks for in us. Are we faithful just when things are going great? Or are we also faithful in the difficulties? We see that Joseph was submissive. We see that Joseph exercised great faith. And as I bring this to a close today, we see that he was a dreamer. Yes, he had dreams, he had visions. We talked about that already. That God wants to plant a vision and a dream in our hearts and lives. And that's a significant part of his story. In the beginning, he saw how the dreams that God gave him got him into trouble and his brothers hated him. Now we come to a point in Joseph's life where his ability to understand and interpret dreams are the very things that God is going to use to liberate him and rise him to power. At this point, he has spent nearly half of his life in Egypt, away from his family, and over two years being unjustly imprisoned, and yet he still believes in the goodness of God. He is relinquishing control of his life. Can't control it anymore. And choosing to trust God throughout his long and trying circumstances. Joseph found himself at the right place at the right time with the right people for the right opportunity and reason. And my friends, unless we remain faithful, we will never be faithful. It is only to those who are faithful in good times and difficult times. And thanks again, Pastor, for the reminder. There's your road ahead. Bumps and potholes, much like our road in Cuba. <laughs> Praise God, the driver got us to our destination. Praise God, the driver got us home. But I'll tell you one thing, the trip in between was no fun. Isn't God going to get us all to our destination? That's our hope. That's what we're looking forward to. There will come a day when he's going to get us all home. Hallelujah. But we need to remain faithful on that road called life. That sometimes we'll take twists and turns. And we will face all kinds of obstacles. Here's a couple things in closing you can learn very quickly. Drive slowly. Now, I'm not talking about you driving on the PEI roads. I'm talking about spiritually. We have to learn what it means to wait upon the Lord. We have to learn 
patience. Oh, thanks, Pastor. Another thing I didn't want to hear. Here's the story of a woman. A woman, I can hear, I can see this in downtown Toronto. A woman had her car stall in heavy traffic. Anyone, anyone that's been around Toronto, you will know this is the worst nightmare. And the cars begin to back up as she tried again and gave the starter car. It wouldn't start. And so now there's a chorus of honking horns starting going off behind her. She got out looking under the hood as if she knew what she was doing. She didn't. She couldn't find any problems. And so the horns are just above her. They're beating at her. They want her to move. Finally, she decided, very quietly and patiently, she walked back to the first driver behind her and said, I'm sorry, but I can't seem to get my car started. If you'll go up there and give it a try, I'll stay here and blow your horn. <laughs> oh, I'm not very good with patience. Thirteen years of slavery and prison before Joseph was motivated. And so some of us struggle that God has given us dreams and visions and desires for our family and people to come to faith and to see our church grow and ministries to about There's all kinds of dreams and visions. God has given them to you for a reason, but you need to drive slowly, my friends. God's timing is not our timing. I love what a person was praying one time at the altar, and it went like this. Lord, give me patience and give it to me right now. Patience means wait. And then be alert. Look out for danger. Road signs are given for a reason. Did you get that? If you go home today, you'll understand that. Road signs are given for a reason. Why? To make you safe on the roads. To prepare you for anything up ahead. To prepare when a bump is coming that you don't lose your muffler. There's a reason for road signs. God has given us road signs too. There are things out there that would love to bring us down. John 10, 10 says the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. There is an enemy out there that is trying to take us off the road, take us out. But we need to be prepared. And at times God will give us warning signs. In my life, there's been a few times that I've had dreams or I had scripture, or I had the Holy Spirit say something to me to prepare me for what was coming. I already knew. I had an inkling. And so when it happened, I wasn't in a shock because the Holy Spirit was already trying to prepare me for what was coming. I believe he wants to do the same for us, but we need to be alert. Especially in these days, we need to be alert. And we need to refuel. In Cuba, if you don't have fuel in your tank, you're in trouble. You're going to be left on the side of the road somewhere with no gas station anywhere in sight. We need to be filled up with the Holy Spirit. We need our tanks overflowing and full. We cannot be going around in these days running on empty, my friend. All of these spiritual opportunities for us are not, you know, as somehow that I can just take it or leave it. They are being provided and given to us that God wants us to be filled with the Spirit. So we're in tune with the Spirit. I used to think of the old radios. Some of you guys don't know them anymore, but some of us remember seeing the old radios in our grandparents' homes. Some of you have them in your homes. But there was always one, a big dial. 
And you had to tune in that channel to be able to hear that radio program. People would sit around in the living room all in their chairs and before television they would tune in and they'd sit there to listen and that's where you got your news. Well, a big shock for some people. But that's where you got your news and they'd all sit around and they'd hit that big dial and they would tune in that channel. That is what God is wanting us to do, my friends, in these days. We need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Spirit. And that is only done by spending time with God. Joseph could have only done what he did to interpret the dreams for Pharaoh because he had spent time alone with God. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Buckle up your seatbelts. Joseph is saying, what Satan meant for evil, God can mean it for good. I'll close with this story. I once heard a story that tells of a missionary who was getting ready to go home after long years of service to an African tribe. As the people gathered on her last day to bid farewell to this beloved woman missionary who had served them for years faithfully, they brought their gifts of gratitude to her. One man presented her with a shout. It didn't look like anything special. It wasn't unremarkable. He had just given her a shell from the beach. The missionary, however, understood. She recognized this shell could be found only in one area, several weeks' journey away from the settlement. When she commented to the man about this precious gift that he had given her, his reply was, the journey was part of my gift. The journey was part of my gift. In the same way, we must realize the value of the service we render to God in the journey. Yes, we're looking forward to a great destination, but too much of evangelical Christianity is only talking about the someday and not realizing the journey I'm in today honors God and He looks for my faithfulness today. Not just someday. Today. See, the truth of it is that Joseph's consistent faithfulness in slavery and in prison was as valuable to God as the deliverance he brought as second in command in Egypt. We think that only God is really blessed or success is when we make it, when we're somebody. And God says, oh my friends, success for me is have you been faithful? Have you been faithful in the little things? Have you been faithful in your journey? And you want to give God a gift today? The greatest gift you could ever give Him is faithfulness in your journey. Lord, we pray today that you would help us. We pray that you would help us in the bumps of road and the potholes. And sometimes it's like we've, we've, we've lost a hubcap. It's not in a ditch somewhere. We feel broken. We don't feel complete. I know some, Lord, when I hear your stories of what life has thrown at them, I don't understand. I don't comprehend. I don't get it, oh God. We know there are those hurting in West Prince today, in these weeks, that it doesn't seem to make sense, oh God. But I do know there is one who is faithful. Who is with us in every curve and hump and pothole and whatever we might go through life can give us
us the strength that is needed, can help us to stay alert, can help keep us on the road. God, I pray today for my brothers and sisters in Christ that if they are facing any kind of difficulty, they would remain faithful to you in the journey. They would get planted on the rock, Jesus Christ. I pray today for those that are in the valley of decision. Maybe they made a decision years ago, but now, Lord, they would really say that if they were to die today, they would be like that criminal on the cross on one side of you that sputtered insults and would be lost for eternity. Lord, we pray, we realize in the valley of decision is every day for us. There are those today that need to make a decision and reach out to Jesus and say to him, Lord, remember me. Would you remember me when you enter into your kingdom? And Lord, there's some of us that need to make a decision. Come hell or high water, we're going to follow Jesus. We're going to follow Jesus. We're looking forward to the destination, Lord. But on this journey called life, we want to be known as faithful. So come, Holy Spirit, and help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to encourage you today, if you need to do business with God, come. We'd love to pray with you at any time through the week. We'd love to pray with you. Anybody and everybody, we'd love to pray with you. That's who we are. That's why we're here. Let's sing this song. Stand with us and let's sing this song. Thank you.